0: Okay, so we all know that trials either make us bitter towards God or people, or they cause us to become better, more in the image of God. Starting today, we're going to talk about your attitude in the trial. We're starting with reading Matthew chapter 13, and we're going to read verses 18 through 23. Hear ye therefore the parable of the sower, when any one heareth the word of the kingdom and understandeth it not then cometh the wicked one and catcheth away that which was sown in his heart this is he which received seed by the wayside but he that received the seed into stony places the same is he that heareth the word and anon with joy receiveth it yet hath he not Root in himself, but endureth for a while. For when tribulation or persecution ariseth because of the word, by and by, he is offended. Did you catch that? In verse 21, it says, Yet hath he not root in himself, but endureth for a while, when tribulation or persecution ariseth because of the word of God. By and by, he is offended. Tribulation, suffering, they can cause a person to become offended. We're also going to look at Matthew 11, verses 2 through 6. And I'm almost there, just having some problems with my pages today. Now when John had heard in the prison the works of Christ, he sent two of his disciples and said unto him, Art thou he that should come, or do we look for another? Jesus answered and said unto them, Go and show John again those things which ye do hear and see. The blind receive their sight, the lame walk, the lepers are cleansed and the deaf hear, the dead are raised up, and the poor have the gospel preached to them. And blessed is he, whosoever shall not be offended in me. So Jesus tells his disciples that they need to tell John that even though he's in prison, there are still great miracles taking place. He ends with the words, Blessed is he, whosoever shall not be be offended in me We don't always understand the suffering. We don't understand why we're suffering when others have blessings raining down on them. But we are to rejoice with those who rejoice. And this helps to keep our heart from being offended. When we're talking about being offended, what exactly does that mean? Being offended means to cause dislike, anger, vexation, to feel hurt or resentful towards someone who has wounded us, or perhaps someone who we feel has wounded us. I think there are many times that we are wounded by people who had no intention may not even know that they wounded us. Our wounds, they can cause offense or then they can create a pearl. Dr. Dr. Edward T. Sullivan preached from scripture in Revelation 21, which says, and the 12 gates were 12 pearls. This message was entitled, Every Gate a Pearl. If you can look it up and find it, give it a listen. He said, every entrance into the heavenly life is through a pearl. What is a pearl? A pearl is a wound that is made in a shell. You see, a grain of sand gets embedded in the wound and all the resources of repair rush to the place where this breach has been made. When the breach is closed and the process of repair is complete, there is a pearl found closing the wound. The break calls forth unsuspected resources of the shell, and a beauty appears that is not otherwise brought out. A pearl is a healed wound. No wound, no pearl. Isn't that amazing? I love stuff like that. So the best way for us to not become offended or bitter towards God, or others, is to immerse ourselves in the word of God. And I'm going to give you some scriptures to help with that. Psalm 119, 105, and 107 tells us, Thy word is a lamp unto my feet, and a light unto my path. I am afflicted very much. Quicken me, O Lord, according unto thy word. And by the way, you can pray these scriptures too. Praying the scriptures is powerful. It is a wonderful way to pray the heart and the mind of God. Psalm 119.11 Thy word have I hidden mine heart, that I might not sin against thee. Psalm 119.28 My soul melteth for heaviness. Strengthen thou me according unto thy word. Psalm 119:150 or oh, I'm sorry Psalm 119:50 This is my comfort in my affliction for thy word hath quickened me Psalm 119:92 Unless thy law had been my delights I should then have perished in mine affliction Now we're going to move on to Ephesians 429 through 32, which says, I am so sorry, let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and evil speaking put away from you with all malice. Hebrews twelve fourteen and 15 tells us we are to follow peace with all men and holiness without which no man shall see the Lord. Looking diligently, lest any man fail of the grace of God, lest any root of bitterness springing up trouble you. That bitterness will trouble us, but we have to be diligent. God never allows anything to make us bitter, all trials are for our good. Every trial is an opportunity for us to become formed more and more into the image of Christ. William Ellerly Channing writes, Difficulties are meant to rouse, not discourage. The human spirit is to grow strong by conflict. Three important attitudes we must adopt during a trial are these first of all, there's humility. Luke twenty eighteen tells us to fall on the rock in submission and obedience rather than resisting, because resisting will only cause deeper pain. It also says, whosoever shall fall upon that stone shall be broken, but on whomsoever it shall fall, it will grind him to powder. So we ask for forgiveness. And we seek for the trial to be a time of cleansing, a time of even introspection and examination. Psalm 25, 17 through 18 says, The troubles of my heart are enlarged. O bring thou me out of my distresses. Look upon mine affliction and my pain and forgive all my sins. And then 1 Peter 5, 6, and 7 says, Humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, that he may exalt you in due time, casting all your care upon him, for he careth for you. Think about Job. He had a humble spirit. He prayed a prayer of repentance. And God turned everything around for him. Job forty two six tells us, Wherefore I abhor myself and repent in dust and ashes. The beautiful thing about having a broken and submissive heart is that the Lord is near to us. The Lord is nigh unto them that are of a broken heart and saveth such as be of a contrite spirit. That's Psalms thirty four eighteen. He will regard the prayer of the destitute and not despise their prayer. Psalm one hundred two seventeen. He healeth the broken in heart and bindeth up their wounds. Psalm one forty seven three. If we want to bind up someone's wounds, we have to be close enough to them. We have to have that relationship with them, that they will trust us, that they will allow us to come near to them and to treat their wound. Okay, the second thing we need, integrity. Psalm 117.3 says, Thou hast proved mine heart. Thou hast visited me in the night. Thou hast tried me and shalt find nothing. I am purposed that my mouth shall not transgress. Psalm thirty-two two, blessed is the man unto whom the Lord imputeth not iniquity, and in whose spirit there is no guile. Psalm thirty-seven eighteen, the Lord knoweth the days of the upright and their inheritance shall be forever. The upright will have trials. They will have struggles. The promise of the Lord is to deliver them out of all of them. And the Lord does not lie. So we're going to move on now to Psalm 37. And I just need a second to get there. And then we're going to read verses 23 through 25. The steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord, and he delighteth in his way. Though he fall, he shall not be utterly cast down, for the Lord upholdeth him with his hand. I have been young, and now am old. Yet have I not seen the righteous forsaken, nor his seed begging bread. So verse 23 tells us that a good man's steps are ordered by the Lord, and he delights in the way he's walking. Verse 24 reminds us that even if he falls, he won't be cast down completely, because the Lord will hold him up with his hand. The Lord is there with him. Verse 25 reminds us that having been young, now being old, never have we seen the righteous forgotten. Never have we seen them having a need to beg for bread. Psalm 37, 39 through 40. But the salvation of the righteous is of the Lord. He is their strength in the time of trouble, and the Lord shall help them and deliver them. He shall deliver them from the wicked and save them because they trust in him. And then Psalm eighty-four, eleven. For the Lord is a sun and a shield. The Lord will give grace and glory. No good thing will he withhold from them that walk uprightly. Okay, the third thing we need. Psalm 9, verses 9 and 10. The Lord will be a refuge for the oppressed, a refuge in times of trouble. And they that know thy name will put their trust in thee. For thou, Lord, hast not forsaken them that seek thee. We must know his name. And we must know that the Lord will not forsake you. He will deliver us, even from situations that are too big for us to handle, especially from things that there's no doubt but God. He delivered me from my strong enemy and from them which hated me, for they were too strong for me. Psalm eighteen seventeen. For thou hast girded me with strength unto the battle. Thou hast subdued under me those that rose up against me. Psalm 18, 39. The Lord redeemeth the soul of his servants, and none of them that trust in him shall be desolate. Psalm 34, 22. He shall deliver the needy when he crieth, the poor also and him that hath no helper psalm 72:12 lastly psalm 55:22 cast thy burden upon the lord and he shall sustain thee he shall never suffer the righteous to be moved we are to keep a fixed heart and not waver Keep our eyes on Jesus. He shall not be afraid of evil tidings. In fact, you know what? I'm going to rephrase that. We shall not be afraid of evil tidings. Our heart is fixed. We are trusting in the Lord. Psalm 119, 8. Another one. Oh God, my heart is fixed. I will sing and give praise to Thee. Psalm 108.1. Hold on, my heart, in thy believing, the steadfast only wear the crown. He who, when stormy waves are heaving, parts with his anchor, shall go down. But he whom Jesus holds through all shall stand, though earth and heaven fall. Hold out, there comes an end to sorrow. Hope, From the dust shall conquering rise. The storm foretells a sunnier morrow. The cross points on to paradise. The father reigneth, cease all doubt. Hold on, my heart. Hold on, hold out. And I don't know who the author is. But I really thought that was a beautiful addition when we're talking about trials and our attitudes when we're going through those trials. We are to think on the Lord. We are to recall the past victories. Testify of all those good things that he's already done. And hope in God. Always. He is our eternal hope. Now we're going to move to Psalm 77 for just a little bit. Um, This is the Psalm of Asaph, and it expresses how we often feel when a trial is going on, and it feels like it will never end. We're going to read the whole chapter, and then we'll talk a little bit about some of it. So, Psalm seventy-seven, the call to God for help. I cried unto God with my voice, even unto God with my voice, and He gave ear unto me. In the day of my trouble, I sought the Lord. My sore ran in the night and ceased not. My soul refused to be comforted. I remembered God and was troubled. I complained. And my spirit was overwhelmed. Selah. Page is sticking again. (laughs) Thou holdest mine eyes waking. I am so troubled that I cannot speak. I have considered the days of old, the years of ancient times. I call to remembrance my song in the night. I commune with mine own heart, and my spirit made diligent search. Will the Lord cast off forever, and will he be favorable no more? Is his mercy clean gone forever? Doth his promise fail forevermore? Hath God forgotten to be gracious? Hath he in anger shut up his tender mercies? Salah. And I said, this is my infirmity. But... I will remember the years of the right hand of the Most High. I will remember the works of the Lord. Surely I will remember thy wonders of old. I will meditate also of all thy work and talk of thy doings. Thy way, O God, is in the sanctuary. Who is so great a God as our God? Thou art the God that doest wonders. Thou hast declared thy strength among the people. Thou hast with thine arm redeemed thy people, the sons of Jacob and Joseph. Selah. The waters saw thee, O God. The waters saw thee. They were afraid. The depths also were troubled. The clouds poured out water. The skies sent out a sound. Thine arrows also went abroad. The voice of thy thunder was in the heaven. The lightnings lightened the world. The earth trembled and shook. Thy way is in the sea, and thy path in the great waters, and thy footsteps are not known." Thou leddest thy people like a flock by the hand of Moses and Aaron. All right, so let's talk about that. In verse 2, the day of my trouble, I sought the Lord. I ceased not. My soul refused to be comforted. In verse 3, I remembered God. I was troubled. And I complained. My spirit was overwhelmed. And then verse 4, So troubled, I cannot speak. Verse 5, I considered the days of old, years of ancient times. And then in 11 through 12, I remember the words of the Lord. I remember the works of old. I will meditate on all thy work and talk of all thy doings. How did Asaph gain the victory? He meditated on the Lord. He told others about the Lord and his greatness. He said, look what the Lord has done. He chose to magnify the Lord instead of magnifying his problem. Psalm forty-three, five says, Why art thou cast down, O my soul? And why art thou disquieted within me? Hope in God, for I shall yet praise him who is the health of my countenance and my God. When we were talking about spiritual warfare, we talked about how the battle begins in the mind. We can't let our mind dwell on hurts. The pain and the anguish, it can't be felt by anyone except us. We hurt ourselves when we hold on to that grudge, that pain. There's an author, again, an anonymous one, who says it succinctly in this poem. When some friend has proved untrue, betrayed your simple trust... Used you for his selfish ends and trampled in the dust. The past with all its memories and all its secret ties. The light is blotted from the sky for something in you dies. Bless your false and faithless friend. Just smile and pass along. God must be the judge of it. He knows the right from wrong. Life is short Don't waste the hours by brooding on the past. His great laws are good and just. Truth conquers at the last. Red and deep our wounds may be, but after all the pain, God's own finger touches us and we are healed again. With faith restored and trust renewed, we look toward the stars. The world will see the smiles we have. God will see the scars. Even when it looks dark, we trust in him and we know that victory will come. We know that he will calm the storm. And even as the storm is raging around us, we know that he is with us. Now we're going to move on to Psalm 107. The Psalms are always so good for when you're going through trials, when you're needing inspiration to be lifted up, to be reminded of what the Lord has done. There's so many good things we can get from these Psalms. Okay, so Psalm 107 We're only going to read verses 26 through 31. They mount up to the heaven, they go down again to the depths, their soul is melted because of trouble. They reel to and fro and stagger like a drunken man, and are at their wit's end. Then they cry unto the Lord in their trouble, and he bringeth them out of their distresses. He maketh a storm, a calm, so that the waves thereof are still. Then are they glad, because they be quiet, so he bringeth them unto their desired haven. Oh, that men would praise the Lord for his goodness and for his wonderful works to the children of men. So verse 26 says they mount up to the heaven. They go down to the depths. Their soul is melted because of trouble. Verse 27 refers to them as being like a drunken man. They can't stand up straight. They're at their wit's end. They can't think. Verse 28 says, Then they cry unto the Lord, and the Lord brings them out of their distress. Verse 29, he makes a storm calm makes the waves be still. Verse 30, they are glad because they are quiet. He brings them to their desired haven. And verse 31 reminds us that we should praise God for his goodness, for his wonderful works to us, the children of men. Moving on now to Psalm one hundred and sixteen verses one through six. I love the Lord because he hath heard my voice and my supplication, because he hath inclined his ear unto me, therefore will I call upon him as long as I live. The sorrows of death compassed me, and the pains of hell get hold upon me. I found trouble and sorrow. Then called I upon the name of the Lord. O Lord, I beseech thee, deliver my soul. Gracious is the Lord and righteous. Yea, our God is merciful. The Lord preserveth the simple. I was brought low and he helped me. There's a pattern here. We call upon him and he hears us and he delivers us and we praise him and we tell others so that they can rejoice with us and glorify God. The Lord knows He knows you. He knows the plan for your life, the purpose. He formed you. Psalm 139, 1 through 4. O Lord, thou hast searched me and known me. Thou knowest my down-sitting and mine uprising. Thou understandest my thought afar off. Thou compassed my path and my lying down. And art acquainted with all my ways, for there is not a word in my tongue, but lo, O Lord, thou knowest it altogether and then first peter three twelve for the eyes of the Lord are over the righteous, and his ears are open unto their prayers. God is listening, he sees us. He hears us all the time. That should be consoling, encouraging. You are never alone. Psalm 37:18 says the Lord knoweth the days of the upright, and their inheritance shall be forever. And then, of course, Romans eight twenty eight, which reminds us that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are the called, according to his purpose. We have to see a trial as one of the best things that can happen to us, one of the greatest opportunities that comes our way. Certainly, we don't want to look for them and go off to find them, but when they come, and the Bible tells us that they will come, we need to see them as an experience, a time of growth and cleansing and self-examination, reflection, inspiration, even new beginnings. Our attitude will determine whether the trial that comes is a blessing or a curse. As Edward Young says, amid my list of blessings infinite stands this foremost, that my heart has bled. And I will close with this thought I read this morning, and I'm paraphrasing because I'm not sure exactly the wording, but it spoke to the concept of our heart bleeding, in the trial. And it was the simple question that when we bleed, are we bleeding bitterness and anger and hatred or are we bleeding love and compassion and grace as Jesus did? What comes out of us when we are in the trial will give us so much insight into our walk with God. And if we are willing, and if we are able to put everything we think aside, we can grow so much from all of that. And that is God's purpose. We have to remember In every trial, his purpose is for our good so that we will be formed more and more into the image of our Savior, Jesus Christ.